You're listening to Kick-Ass Radio for Kick-Ass People, the show where we interview awesome people who have achieved tremendous success in their lives. Our guests will share with you their story and five tips you can implement for living your kick-ass life. Now for our host, Christopher Rouch. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's my life, and we are broadcasting live from our studios here in Southern California, and I want to welcome you all to the Kick-Ass Radio Show, your place for motivation, inspiration, and of course, edumacation. I'm your host, Christopher Roush, and want to welcome you all today, wherever you are, if you're listening here live on the radio show, or if you're listening to us on the podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Love to have you here and appreciate you being here. What we do here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show is we teach you to how to have an unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success. And how I do that is I bring guests on here that I actually talk to beforehand. I qualify them to make sure that they're kick-ass people, and they bring on their, their tips to be able to help you take action in your life immediately. And I, and I say that with confidence because what we share here is stuff that you can actually begin putting into action right away. So I really recommend you to make sure that you are writing these things down because that is so, so important in order to, to take action on these things. I mean, trying to remember them is not a very good way about doing it. And we're here every Monday night at 6 p.m. live uh, bringing you this content. And if you happen to miss a show, uh, I really encourage you to go back and check out our shows. They're on podcasts. They go to iTunes. And you can find that by going to ChristopherRausch.com. It's www.ChristopherRausch.com. You can go over to the radio show tab, and you will find all the shows on iTunes. So I encourage you to go back there and check it out. We've had some amazing guests here. I'm very honored to have had New York Times bestselling authors. We've had kick-ass coaches and speakers and mentors, and we've talked about a whole variety of personal and professional topics, uh, again, designed for you to have that that whole life, the balance in life. And uh, I know my guest and I are going to be talking about balance in life because he's a kick-ass guy and he's constantly going all the time. And, uh, and uh, speaking of going all the time, this week I had the pleasure of going to uh, uh, the Rockstar System for Success, my buddy Craig Deswalt. Uh, I go to his uh, Rockstar System for Success marketing boot camp, uh, belong to the mastermind, and um, spent uh, four days there uh, doing a little bit of emceeing, doing a little bit of networking, and just just really enriching my enriching myself to to grow, to continue to grow, and and to take action on these things because when you show up, that's half the battle is just to show up, whatever it is in life, show up and do the best you can in those situations and, and take what you can. And, and of course, just meet awesome people. So I'm happy to see I got to do that. And um, it was just incredible. I just, I just truly appreciate those opportunities and meeting lots of new people. So um, that's kind of what I've been up to, uh, lots of other stuff. But anyways, I want to just jump right into the show tonight. And I want to introduce my guest, Mark Walker, Mark E. Walker. Uh, has an MBA. He's a consummate author. He's an entrepreneur, designer, coach, speaker, and a visionary dedicated uh, dedicating his career to building rock-solid brands for public and private nonprofit companies. He also works with world-class athletes and international entertainers. And over the years, Mark has successfully transformed countless ideas and concepts into concrete business plans for viable companies across the nation and around the globe. I've had the pleasure of knowing Mark for a couple of years, and he is truly a, 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 a mentor of mine, and uh, he's just a kick-ass dude. So we are going to uh, we're going to go and invite Mr. Walker onto the radio show. Mark, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm right here, Chris. What's happening, brother? How's life? Uh, things are great. I can't complain. Definitely can't complain. It's you know it's an honor to be here with you today. So thank you for the opportunity. And you know equally, you have motivated me on you know many occasions. There are times when I'm sitting here thinking up, should I go to the gym? And I see your post pop up, and I'm like, you know what? Let me get out there. Let me make it happen. So you know we motivate each other from that standpoint. So thank you. I want to let you know let your audience know that that you're definitely a big time motivator of mine. Oh, thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a, it's funny because I I do those posts and I check in at LA Fitness and and I'm doing it partly to hold myself accountable to be a good example. But I know that uh, there's a few people out there that kind of go, okay, well if he's going to go and he's been working all day, then I should go. So yeah, we all gotta we all gotta motivate each other. I mean, it's it's I mean that's that's what I love about networking and, and Facebook and social media is that you never know where somebody's going to be 
at that moment in life and need to hear what you're saying. And, and that's, that's the blessing I have in life, Mark, is, is just being able to do that and having people you know, send me a note and say, hey, Chris, you know that post you just did just really hit me hard and I really appreciate it. And, and I do the likewise. When people post things, I'm like, hey, you know what? I needed to hear that too. So, um, again, that, it, it's cool. So uh, um, are, you, are you here in California? I know you go you back and forth. You're all over the place. Are you here in hot California? Well, yes. Actually, today I am here in high California, you know, definitely not trying to get caught up in the snow. Even though the East Coast this week, it warmed up a bit. So I think it's in the 50s, but, you know, it's what, an 80-degree day in Southern California today, so I'm enjoying the warmth. <laughs> I know I'm working out of my home office today, and I have to tell you, I uh, my office faces the sun on both sides. I have my, my office is at the corner of the house uh, upstairs. And um, I had to turn on – I have a mobile air conditioning unit in my office, so I don't have to cool the entire upstairs because it's just me. Um, and then I had to turn, actually, the AC on because the heat in my office got up to, like, 85 degrees. And I'm like, ah, I can't concentrate. I don't want it to be warm yet. I need We need some rain, you know. It's, 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 it's crazy. But I also don't want to be in whether people are digging their cars out of snow. That's ridiculous. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, no, you can have that. I'll take the 85, uh, you know, as opposed to digging out of snow. So I'm, I'm fine with the warmth. Exactly. So, Mark, I gave uh, our listeners your textbook introduction, but what I would like for you to do is tell them your story in your own words and where you've been, what you've done, and what you're doing now, and uh, also what makes you a kick-ass person. Well, um, let's see. In a, if I was to sum it up in a, in a quick sort of brief intro, I was born in St. Thomas, Jamaica, and as I'll tell people, there is a St. Thomas in Jamaica, not a Virgin Islands, but Jamaica. Um, migrated to the U.S. when I was a teenager um, to the Maryland, D.C. area. Um, you know, went to high school, played college, played football there, went on to play college football, then joined the military. And one of the things is, I'm not sure if many people know, it's just say from your audience or not, um, growing up, being being a Jamaican because your parents are always like, you've got to get a job, you need to be working. So as a teenager, I, I had just about every job possible. So, you know, name it. I was doing construction, landscape, and worked at the movie theater. I was at, you know, county seat, the clothing store, I mean, ice cream parlor, you name it. If there's a job, the pizza parlor, I did it. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, from the time of being, in a, you know, doing that to went on to college, got hurt as a freshman, was a little bit bummed, and, you know, joined the military. So I was in the military as a paratrooper for a while. Um, and ran across, you know, I had a few near-death experiences in the military, turned 19 and 20 in combat zones, and as a result of that, um, when I came back out the military, I was a changed person. It just made me realize that if I wasn't, you know, if I wanted to do something, I need to be committed, and if I was going to do something, it needed to be fun. I truly need to enjoy what I was doing, and so the just the job for having a job sake really after having a near-death experience at such a young age, it just me realize, like, the important thing. So my awakening happened very early. So I started to, to search and to find, you know, same thing, many jobs, but really identify what I enjoyed doing. And throughout the process, went back to school, um, you know, got my MBA. And through the process, I realized, okay, what, you know, what are the core things I enjoy doing? And over, you know, over the time of working with different companies, it made me realize that it was important for me to have the flexibility, but I wanted to give back. And so I took all my experiences and crafted things together and created sort of my own plan, so to speak, and so I could actually help you know, business owners, athletes, and entrepreneurs grow and look at their business through multiple filters. And so if you think over the years, you know, in sort of a – Maybe in a brief way, it's like I said, I started out doing many things, then joined the military, came out the military, got the education, and as a result, took the experience from that and put it in a formidable way and factoring in, you know, sort of, let's see, factoring in, you know, business as a whole, the economy, global economy, the stock market side of things, and put it together really on a daily basis and helping my client be able to bring clarity, focus, and a plan of action to their goals, dreams, and vision and helping them in a in a an attainable way to execute it maybe on a daily, monthly, and a weekly basis so they're able to actually obtain their goal. 
Wow. Wow. That's, that's an incredible, that's an incredible story and uh, lots of positives and then also some, some life changing stuff. Talk to me about the near death experience. What did that, what did that do for you and change um, your thinking about life and, and your, your role in it? Well, as a, you know, as a, as a youngster, if you want to say you're in the military, you're 19, you're just having fun and you're not really thinking, of course, at 19, if you can imagine, you're just, you're not, that's the last thing you're thinking about. But after, you know, having a few, losing some friends in combat, it it shakes you up. You're, you know, you're shaking, you wonder, you're here for a purpose, at least for me. That was sort of the biggest takeaway. It's like, what is my purpose? Because it could have easily been me. So as a result of that, I've just really been searching, and it took a while to actually say, okay, well, I'm, you know, just having a job, just working for the sake of working, that wasn't fulfilling enough. And I always kept searching just because I felt that I was spared for a specific purpose. And so that's, it just touched me. It made me realize that, you know, in a moment, I can't take life for granted. And I wanted to actually leave, just leave a legacy. I, you know, life meant something because it happened at such an early age. Wow, that's I, I agree. I agree. I did, I've had a couple of near death experiences. Uh, tried to commit suicide twice. Fortunately, I sucked at it. Had a motorcycle crash that could have been really, really bad. Um, but fortunately, I made it through it. And you're right. You know, when you see your life pass before your eyes, you realize pretty quickly that there's no guarantee for tomorrow and to live now. And I like what you said. You know, about having a purpose and having a legacy. I one of the things I do with my coaching clients is I is, when they come to me and they don't know what it is they want. We talk about their legacy. You know, I actually have them write out their eulogy, and in that instant when they write out their eulogy and I see them you know, get emotional about it, then I know we're on to something because that's what life should be about is leaving a legacy you're going to be proud of, leaving something for your kids to be proud of. And uh, I know that you have kids too, right? Right. I have one daughter. I have a 19-year-old daughter who is a, a freshman in college right now. Wow. And what what are some of the lessons your daughter has taught you about life? Well, huh, <laughs> that's an interesting thing. I think, you know, one of the biggest things she sort of taught me in terms of, like, relax, Dad, take it easy. Or as I said, at, at an early age, it was like, Dad, just Google it because you know, you know, you know, you know, you come from era where you're just always like researching, you get it so in depth. It's like I can just Google it. So for her, yep. as a result, so that's that's the thing where I'd have to say one of the biggest things. But just you know, have a fun. Yeah, um, just really sometimes because you know, as an adult, you're you're always hard charged. You want to accomplish things, but then. You know, you look over, um, and here it is, this, you know, well, as a young child, as a teenager now, you know, as a freshman in college, where it's just really understanding that that there's similarities, if I think about it. There's some of the things I talk to her now being in college when she said, well, Dad, I'm not sure what I want to do. And I'm like, it's okay. And I talk to adults that, you know, they don't know what they want to do. So I'm like, well, it's it's a process in life. So. I just think it's just about having fun, which she's taught me, like, to really relax, have a lot of fun with it, and know that it's going to be okay. And I can see things in her that I saw in myself, um, and some of those are <laughs> they're kind of scary. And you're like, wow, this DNA <laughs> thing is, you know, is a real serious thing, this gene thing. It's a, it's a real, mm-hmm. you know, seriousness to it from that standpoint. Yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree sometimes. <laughs> Um, you know, because you, you said you're you said you're from Jamaica. I've been to Jamaica. I got married in Jamaica, so I was uh, oh. we went to Negril. We were there for about eleven days, and I walked oh, out. Wow. Of, I saw. It's funny because I have a, a cork board that I had to take down, and I put behind my desk a couple of months ago at my at my job at my day job. And on that cork board, when I found it on Friday, a week ago Friday, um, I had the bracelet I got while I was there that says "No Problem on," and I remember That's I came it. back from Jamaica. I have what I call addictive speech problems where somebody says something and then I repeat it like a billion times. And so I, everything was no problem, man, no problem, man, no problem, relax, man. And so I came back from Jamaica for probably a couple of years. My answer to everything was like, no problem, man, no problem. We got you. Respect, respect. Would you like a red exactly. stripe? So does, does, she, ever, does she ever pull that on you and say just uh, no problem, man? 
Well, I think sometimes it is. I think we do that to each other because my my thing is like no worries, no worries. And I always say it was no worries. It, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. So I think you know we pull that on each other sometimes. I think that's you know no worries. It'll be all right. I think that's really my mantra if I think about it, you know, in terms of to my, you know, to her and my clients. It, it's really it's no worries because I do understand that eventually everything will will happen the way it's supposed to happen. You will always work through the process, but sometimes it's the it's understanding as you're going through it. Well, that's one of the things I've realized over these years is just no worries. Meaning that yep. in the moment right now, today, it doesn't necessarily mean that it may not be a, a volatile or a turbulent day. But if you just keep moving over time, tomorrow, next week, and the next month, it'll be okay. Just keep moving. See, ladies and gentlemen, we are already getting great advice from Mr. Mark E. Walker. He is here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. If you'd like to call in and ask either Mark or myself a question, I forgot to give out the number at the top of the hour. The number is 646 646- Three seven eight fifteen eighty two, or you can send us an email info at the kickassradioshow dot com uh, if you're a little bit uh, hesitant about being live on the radio. And um, the question I have for you, Mark, is is what is a business strategist? You talk about that in your intro. Define to us what your interpretation of a business strategist is and how how you work with your clients. That's always the one thing I said. People say, what do you do? That's my business strategies. Now I see that look where people are like, hmm, what is that? <laughs> or this kind of like this glazed He's unemployed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, ironically, I think a business strategy, the reason why I don't say it's a consultant, it's a little bit deeper than that. What I actually do is come in and I analyze and I strategize with the client to get them to their ultimate goal, but it's not sort of a, uh, it's not sort of my system, and that's it. It's more about analyzing where that person's been, where they want to go, their ultimate goals, and it's not so. A prime example. So if you said, okay, well, you know, I have a, a regular job. I'm, you know, I'm going to do this part time. I want to run this business part time. I have a family. I have to factor all those things because I could create a plan for you that may require you to to work you know, an additional nine hours, but that would not work. You wouldn't be happy even if it's successful. So then I have to factor in the market. I have to factor in your budget. I have to also factor in your desires with that and then create a plan. So I'm actually strategizing around your desires, your ability, the team that's in place, as well as the market condition, your entry point to the market, and all those things in creating this formula and allowing you to get to that point, as well as ideally where would you like to see it. And so it's all these things together where it's not necessarily just a cookie-cutter approach. So it's actually a business. I'm taking a business, but strategizing all those elements together to ultimately get you to your destination. Hmm. So what what you were talking about legacy earlier? How did you how did you come to do this? Were you being coached by somebody else and decided, hey, this is what I want to do? Because you started off in music, right? Right, right, right. I started off in the music industry. Ironically, no, I just sort of accidentally. If you want to say, you know, there are no accidents, but it was just over time. Um, I started out in the music industry. I was a you know manager and I produce, but I was always the guy in the room that. Other people may say, oh, there's a problem, and I always saw the solution. And I'll be, oh, there's a problem. I looked around and said, okay, we could do this, do that, do that. And some people, you know, it's not that simple. And I'll say, okay, I could see it. And so it's just over the years with all my experience, and then, you know, after business school, put the experience along with the formal education, and then I had a few other people that I was working with that were coaches, and I just took a little bit of their methodology along with mine and what I saw the need in the marketplace. And so that's the reason I've sort of blended the two. So I tell people it's not, I'm not just a business strategist, but I factor in it's life and business into it. Because oftentimes we assume that if your business is perfect, but if your life, if there are things in your personal life that's not in place, your business won't flow properly. So I always factor both angles. So I have to look at what's going on personally and then factor that into your business like i said before that if you're you know you have a family we have to factor that into it um in your desires to spend more time with your family then we need to put a blend 
of you know business and family together and making it happen. So I think it's just a matter of the sort of timing and analyzing all those things in a need in the marketplace and just organically what was my natural you know, my my natural being, if you were to say my natural gifts. I do think that we all have natural gifts and incorporated and put them all together. And so that's how I've sort of segued into this place and being a you know a business strategist. Hmm. That's very succinct. I I, now, I get it. I, I, I definitely get it. And if you guys, uh, again, want to call in, I just had somebody say text me saying I said the phone number too fast. The number to call in to either talk to Mark or myself is 646-378-1582. Uh, Mark, go ahead and uh, give us kick-ass tip number one, my friend. Okay, I'll say kick-ass tip number one because it hasn't been done before, doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do it. A lot of time people are scared, say, oh, this can't happen, but not the case. I would say that's the first one. Hmm. Can you give us an example of that, where you've, where you've had to help somebody or you've had to go through that in your life? Well, I could give many examples. I mean, we can go back to the largest one is sort of the space program. At the time when JFK, when they said, okay, we're going to the moon, it hadn't been done before. But yet still, it was this mandate, and then it was done. I've had clients on a smaller scale to state, well, I'm just one person, and how can I create this business? I don't, you know, I may not have a college education. I may not have, you know, all, you know, the the large budget. But in essence, there are things that can be done on a smaller level. I mean, I have clients that I've helped start restaurants that really didn't come up, they didn't have that training, but but in essence, we're able to say, okay, create the plan, partner with someone who may have match, matching skill sets to help them to accomplish those things. So I think oftentimes, that's just the, that's the reason why fear is a big part of that, where, you know, we assume that everything, you, you know, you need to know all the pieces, you have to have everything together, and you need to have, like, so this huge network or all the money in the world, but I think a lot of it just comes down to, like I said, you have a you know clarity, a plan of action, and it's really be focused about it and put it together. So you don't necessarily need. I mean, so many things now. We look at this time. I think um, you know we can think about DHL, FedEx, companies along that line, where before there were no overnight deliveries, and they said, well, this is not possible. But yet, still, someone thought about it. It was possible, and they put the systems together to deliver it. So. And that's happened more and more if you think really within the last five to ten years, there are things now that we're seeing that's happening at such a fast rate that we didn't think that would be possible. And it's become it's going to become faster and faster and faster because technology is allowing us to do so many things along that line. Mm-hmm. I mean, aren't they talking about – I mean, I know, I know Amazon – is now I guess Amazon bought Radio Shack and now they're looking at setting up Amazon stores and I guess sometimes Amazon can deliver same day is that have you heard about that <laughs> right uh, yeah I heard about that but think about it Amazon initially was just a bookstore it's an online uh-huh. bookstore now they're doing yeah. everything so yeah yeah I, I love Amazon but I, I'm 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 always I was having this conversation with somebody uh, last week about this. That we're going to, and let me know what your thoughts on this. That we're going to out technological size ourselves of jobs. You know, where I saw, I went to a Burger King, not Burger King, Jack in the Box, on my way to Vegas a couple of weeks ago for a, an event, and there was a kiosk inside the Jack in the Box where you can place your order and pay for, it and talk to the cashier. And I posted it on Facebook. And I said, "What do you guys think of this? What is this?" And apparently, because the workers are demanding higher wages. They're talking about raising the minimum wage to like 15 bucks an hour. Companies are saying, well, screw that. I got to pay you insurance and everything else. I'm just going to get an iPad to take your order or a kiosk to take your order. Then I just saw an article today that I guess in Seattle, that $15 an hour goes into effect on April 1st. And already businesses are starting to close because they're just like, you know, well, screw this. What do you what do you think about that? I mean, it's just like if your if your job can be replaced by a computer, look out because it's coming. Well, I, I I do think that clearly change is a natural place in the business environment. We've seen changes. I mean, from you know, if you look back at one point in time, there were 
you know, it was a, a system where they may have been a someone plowed the field, then it went to a horse and, you know, a horse, then it went to a mechanized system where there's an ac- actual machine out there. So um, if change is a natural course of business, and it's just any business, if you don't factor change, and will definitely die. Clearly, the $15 an hour minimum wage will impact some business, but in essence, you just have to understand and realize that whatever industry you're in, you need to look and say, okay, am I at risk for that? And then if I am, then how can you retrain yourself in another industry that that's needed in this marketplace? To, oftentimes it's needed. There are things needed in this marketplace that will be paid at a higher rate that you can shift into. So that's one of the things we have to think where traditionally – yeah, our parents probably, you know, got a job and worked 30 years for a company. That's no longer the business cycle. And it's because, you know, it's based on a host of things. It's based on globalization, where they're, they're, even within my industry, um, there are things now that's outsourced that maybe two, three, four years ago it wasn't outsourced. But now it is, where there are groups in, you know, in India and the Philippines that are offering certain things. I mean, accounting industry, that's another one that ultimately will face that. So, I don't think there's a, there are too many industries that are immune from that. I think you just have to sort of realize that these are the things that's happening. It's a natural order within business, but how can you make yourself relevant and continually grow, continue, like you said before, continually learn and be abreast as to what's coming down the pipeline. I mean, you look at the – that's the same thing you think about. Like when we were growing up, you went to the grocery store. They were – sort of checkout centers, and now majority of the grocery stores, half the lines are self-checkout. Who would have thought mm-hmm. that? So it's, you know, the court system changed. So, I mean, on so many, so many arenas, that's part of it, medical transcripts. I mean, it's, it's changing all around, so it's just about being abreast of these changes and how can you, you know, make yourself, you know, transfer to another industry so you're able to keep up with it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's critical, Mark. It's, that's why I've been giving people advice be ahead of the curve. Don't be don't be the person that says, ah, it's not going to happen to me, or that's going to be another 20 years from now. Start building your <laughs> right. network right now. Start building your education now if you're going to be affected by that, because I use the example of CDs and tapes. You know, you think about all the manufacturing, all the procurement, all the plastics, all the different things that went into making the cases for the CDs and the tapes and, and the artists and everything else as everything became became digital, all of that stuff went away, you know, and those people had to repurpose their content or repurpose their skills. So I tell people now, if you think that there's a possibility that's going to happen, be ahead of the curve. And one of the things you had touched on earlier, Mark, you talked about fear and that's a big passion of mine is helping people overcome their fear and end their procrastination. What are some things you've had to deal with as far as fear goes, maybe fear of rejection or fear of success or fear of whatever it might be. Give me your thoughts on fear. Oh, that's an interesting one. Clearly, I think we all have, you know, this fear. I've I've feared things. I'm, you know, fear of failure was something that I had to get over. And I remember my father always said, nothing beat a failure but a try. And I never understood that, but he would always say, you know, growing up as a kid, like, nothing beats a failure but a try. And as an adult, we get to a certain point and you realize, well, what if I fail at that? But I realized that failure, everyone that's been successful – has failed. And the sooner you fail, the quicker you're to get into success. Because if you've tried something and you fail at it, okay, what tweaks do you need? What kind of adjustments do you need to make from that so you're able to move forward and become successful? So, you know, I'm no different from anyone else. I've, you know, I've had my fear, you know, fear from that standpoint. Failure, I think, was the biggest thing, but that's no longer, you know, it's no longer an issue that I think that sort of plague. I got over that long, I mean, many, many, many years ago because I realized and I started reading and realizing all the successful people, they failed many times. But, mm-hmm. you know, all it takes is for one thing. You can fail 10, 50, it doesn't matter. All you have is the one that's successful, and that's the one that people remember, and that's the legacy that's left behind. Mm-hmm. Well said, my friend, well said. Give us kick out tip number two. I would say kick-ass, let me see, kick-ass tip number two. Um, let me go to kick-ass tip number two here is I, I have everything written down. All right. Kick-ass tip number two is to grow from your current situation, you must embody the desired life. 
You must embody the desired life. What does that mean? Meaning that if you – so think about it. I'll give you probably – I'm a sports guy, so I like to give sports analogies that I think oftentimes really goes across the board. If you think about it, you've heard many stories about, say, a basketball player. They're in their backyard shooting. Could could, he, could have been like a, a teenager. They're shooting the bat. They're shooting the ball, and they're imagining that I'm at the final four, last shot. I was fouled. I'm on the foul line, and they're shooting. They're embodying that. They're seeing themselves as that, and so they're they're embodying that at that moment. So once they actually get there many years for it, you've heard many of athletes say, this is what I dream about. This is what I practice about. So, you know, clearly we're not all trying to be Michael Jordan or LeBron, but whatever industry your your desire is, you have to embody. You have to see yourself. It's the old saying, fake it till you make it. It's to be that until you become it. Because in essence, once that opportunity happens and you step into that space, it's not new. You've been there. You've been acting that way. You've been doing it. So that's what it means. You have to see yourself in that. You have to be that. You have to carry, you know, all your movements, your body language, everything. You have to be that. Don't wait for the time because if you wait for the time to come, when it comes, you wouldn't be prepared. So mm-hmm. that's what it means. Yeah, it's it's exactly what I teach my coaching clients is, you know, act as if, like you said earlier, fake it until you make it. And and one thing for me that I've done over the period of my life is because I'm a visual person is I have a vision board. I have I use my iPad. I put pictures on a vision board on my iPad and I play it over and over again all day long, sitting right in front of me. All these places I want to go. All mostly now it's places I want to go. You know, things I want to do to my car, uh, motorcycle. You know, a lot of it's materialistic stuff, but a lot of it also is just reminding me about peace and harmony and places to go to relax and to keep working hard. And I tell people that when I wake up in the morning, probably three or four days a week, I will, before I get up out of bed, I will close my eyes, my eyes are already closed, but I will envision myself walking out on stage with ACDC playing. I can see kick-ass behind me in bright lights, and I'm looking out, and I'm staring at like 10,000 people all just, just having a blast, coming to my event, kind of like Tony Robbins, and just seeing that and feeling that and feeling the, the generosity and the love and, and the ability to make an impact on people's lives and the energy, I see it. I feel it. I know it's going to happen. And that's one of the things I teach my clients is like visualization. Visualize yourself, you know, whether it's a tough situation that you're going to get through it, but really visualize yourself being the success that you want to be. So I think your tip is, is spot on, my friend, spot on. Yeah. How do you, do you, what do you do now for yourself to, to embody the life that you want? What's well, the combination? Very, very, very similar to what you said. I mean, there, you know, clearly I've got the big vision board. Um, there, it's it's funny. Is my my assistant oftentimes tells me, Mark, leave my post-its alone. If you come to my office, there are post-its everywhere with every tip sayings, like literally all over my desk on the computer. There are sayings on the wall. I have a whiteboard section. I have a whiteboard in the office, but then as, as well as I have a chalkboard section, and I write things there where I'm, I'm literally I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at it. There's stuff so everywhere. There are reminders on my cell phone that goes off that have different sayings, and it's it's about I create my environment with enough of these things that over time it I'm just it just become that it's just a normal part of my walk, and these are things that. You know, I've read, I've listened to other people that I have the utmost respect for, and I realize that it's important. And then you think about it. I can even go back to Ali. Ali talked about on, you know, one of the things he said, that he was the one that started calling himself the greatest. No one said he was the greatest. He started yep. it. And so, <laughs> in essence, it became reality. I was, recently I was listening to, um, I watched over the weekend a thing about Mike Tyson, and he talked about where his coach early on said, continually said that you're the greatest, you're going to be the champ, you're going to be all these things, and he believed it. So clearly it, it, it works. Yeah. And so for me, I realized that, hey, it's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not creating anything new. These are methods that work, so all I have to do is implement them into my life, and over time it becomes a reality. So very much, you know, like you said, I implement all those things. I, you know, do like the techniques before I wake. There's a vision board. There are things on the computer. There are messages everywhere within my environment. So clearly. 
It worked. Awesome, awesome. I, I knew I knew you and I were a lot alike, and we definitely are. <laughs> I, I, I really, truly appreciate it. Talk to us about the book you wrote. You wrote a book. Uh, let me see. Where did I put it? Don't, don't tell me. Uh, live, a life <laughs> that's meant for you one day at a time. Talk to us about that book, the inspiration about it, and who it's for. Okay, so I consider okay. I consider this book, as I said, it's a, my it's a daily strategies for life and business, and it really I wanted it to be you know a small book. It's something that can fit in a woman's purse. It can fit in a man's pocket. Um, it's a very small book. It takes just one minute per day because I realize that if there's just a saying or a quote or something that you can take to start the day out with then it helps you to keep your day going along the line in a right frame of mind. And so literally, that's what I didn't want to be this a long thing where, because we live busy lives, there's so many things going on. So it literally requires you to take just one minute a day. And it really is, like I said, the, the, the business owner, the person that's looking to start it. Because I've had friends who bought it for other people um, who have a friend that bought for a doctor, and he said that she carries it around in, in her scrub pockets. And for her, and going to the hospital because it's such a stressful environment as a doctor, which I never, I would have never thought that. But she loved it. She wrote me, you know, mailed me something back. Said she loves it. She and she reads it daily, and it it sets the tone. So it's just like a, it's like a, it sets the tone for an individual. Um, on a daily basis to sort of, you know, to get through life, so to speak. But it's just one minute per day. It's short, quick, sweet to the point. And so that's that's really who it's for. And it was something that I I would have these quotes. And maybe it started out my father may have planted a seed. But you, my father, my grandfather, my mother, my, like all these people around me, I've, I truly say I've been blessed to have sort of this environment of love and as a child growing up, I would have just constant, these little sayings, they would just say things to me. So I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I started <laughs> developing my own and saying it to people. And someone, the first time someone said, you should put that on a shirt. And I was like, and then someone, I'd hit another person independently say, well, do you have a book? And I just kept hearing it enough to where random people that would say, where's that from? Is that, that's one of yours. And so I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm just listening. All these people are telling me I should have a book, so I'm, you know, I've set a date and say I'm going to have the book completed on this date. However, that day came and went, and then I said, okay, I need to put together my own strategy that I told my clients, and I actually started creating milestones. and And once I set the milestone, literally, it just came along. I mean, I actually just started cranking them out, writing them down, and put it all together, and so I realized, like, this is what's needed, and it's been, you know, I've been thankful. I've had so many people that, you know, they've gotten it, they've gotten it for friends, and just random people have bought books, and so, you know, ordering off the Internet and saying, hey, we love it, thank you, this is what I needed, and so it's part of that giving back and sharing and saying, well, you know, this is, someone can't come to the session, but here is some little thing that you can carry with you on a daily basis to make a difference. Hmm. Again, you and I are alike. I have my 69 tips for living a kick-ass life. It's, I mean, just right along. We're parallel, buddy. We're, we're parallel. Um, we, have a, we, have a, we have an email question. Uh, what's your advice when people want to take their success to the next level, but the people around them are negative? Ooh. Ooh. Oof, that's, that's – well – I got advice. <laughs> <laughs> I know your advice. Take their ass well, to the curb. <laughs> well, yeah, in, in so many, in so many, so many ways, yes, that is true. But oftentimes, it's hard for some people to say, "Okay, I don't want to be bothered with you." But the key thing, which you have to do, is focus on exactly what do you want to accomplish. And once you start to focus on what you want to accomplish, and then you put a plan together, and then, in essence, you put the the, the actionable steps with the time, what you realize, you, the plan will require you to have less time with those individuals because you'll now be more focused on accomplishing your goal. And over time, because of that, you'll realize yourself spending less and less and less time with those individuals just solely based on the fact that now you're focusing on the thing that you want to accomplish. And the more you're focused on that, there's just less time. And and ultimately, 
you'll move along and realize that, okay, I don't have as much in common. Not that you have to say I don't want to deal with you at all, but you just, you'll have less and less time with them. And they only want to be with you because you're not in alliance. You're not complaining anymore. You're not complaining about how bad it is you can't do this. You're now doing it. So I think that's, you know, those are like the incremental steps that you can actually start taking to moving away from those people. Yeah, and or you could just kick them to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for thank you for the question. I won't say your name out loud because I don't know if I'm allowed to or you want me to. But thank you, uh, thank you for listening and and sending in that question. Give us kick ass tip number three, my friend. All righty. So kick ass tip number three. Let's see. Drum roll here. All right. I'll say <laughs> leader set the pace. <laughs> leader set the pace. If your team or business is not performing to your standard, it's time to look inward to see what message you're sending. Say that one more time. For some reason, my brain farted. Leaders set the pace. If your team or business is not performing to your standard, it's time to look inward to see what message you're sending. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to leading by example. It goes back to, are you part of the problem or part of the solution? And yet most political exactly. leaders are full of crap, and they, they sit there and try to espouse based on their ego and not what they're actionable <laughs> towards, you know, as a leader. It's like, okay, are you a leader or are you a manager? You lead people, you manage things. So what what are what are some leaders in your life that have had the most impact on you, whether they're personal or, like we are talking about Ali and stuff like that, who are some of the leaders that, that – inspire you well you know my my parents you know my mother and father they're huge clearly they're not you know they're not public figures by no stretch of imagination but they've just done it i mean in essence you know we migrated from jamaica and they worked hard and they've set goals and measurable steps and just literally we're going to accomplish this and they did it and to this day i look back and like wow how did you do it but they did. So I mean, from that standpoint, you know, you know, I have, you know, I have my parents. Um, it is a gentleman by the name of Dan Sheasley. Um, while I was in high school, really junior high school, you know, was a, a friend's father. Um, as I said, an early girlfriend's father. While I was in high school, and I would just watch him and some of the things that he would do. And I was always around him. I remember early. I think I may have been in a ninth grade. And he would work all day, and he came home, and he was going for a run. And so I was like, wow. And he ran several marathons. And I remember, wow, I want to do that. But it's just like the discipline. I remember I did my first marathon, and that was just one of those things, just the discipline steps. And then beyond that, I mean, there, you know, I can look to, you know, there, you know, clearly you have your Muhammad Ali, you have your sports, you know, you have your sports legend, you have, um, you know, people like Oscar Roberts, your, you know, your Bill Russell, who, you know, you listen to Bill Russell, and you think, oh, wow. He's got 11 championships, like the desire, the motivation, you know, not just to stop after one or two. And then you, you listen to his interview, and he stated, that, okay, well, I, I wanted to win on every single play. When you think about the intensity of that, like every single play, not every game, but every play, it, it's, and you start thinking about that, and someone like the business leaders like an Elon Musk. So, I mean, there are many people that I look across the board and I said I have the utmost respect for in that regard, you know, Oprah Winfrey, just people that actually said, okay, I have a vision, I'm going to accomplish this thing. And despite the situation, despite the circumstances, they literally just went out and they did it, whether it just didn't matter. They made it, you know, they just went out. So, you know, those are the people. And then, of course, I have sort of their, my circle of mentors that are people that are around me that, you know, that I'll pick up the phone and I'll call that are advisors that actually just sort of help me to navigate things, um, you know, because they've seen it. And I say there really aren't anything, not much that's new. So if you have people that's actually been out in the marketplace, that they can help and watch to just guide you along the path, or if you study enough, I like to. I try to be a history buff. I, you know, read a lot of you know other people's autobiographies, just history, and see how they've navigated the the land, and try to take a little bit from this person, a little bit from that person, a little bit for, to create sort of you know my own my own path, what's natural to me. So, yeah, I'd say you know in in a short sense, those are all the people that I said have been big, you know, huge inspirations for me. 
Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I think it's so important. And you had touched on something earlier that I want to I want to reinforce to the listeners is to have that constant influx or inflow of information that's positive. People will tell me like, Chris, you know, it's so great. It must be so great to be a motivational speaker and a coach and have all the answers and everything. But the rest of us, you know, we're normal people or whatever. And some people are surprised at how much I still put into my brain. Every day, at least during the week, I listen to a motivational podcast. I listen to books on tape. I still continually put my mind in the spot that I know is going to be successful because I'm like anybody else. I could easily get distracted by the news. I could get distracted by politics. I could get distracted by the negative people around me. So I think what you said earlier, I just want to reiterate it, is it's important to, to have that that constant um, knowledge and growth and have the right people around you. I Meaning people that listen to my radio show have definitely heard me say, you're like the five people you're around the most. And that's why I made that comment about you know negative people earlier because I've had to ditch negative people whether it's on Facebook or in real life. It's like, hey, I got to move forward, man. You know, I I can handle it to a certain extent, but I'm also a big believer in if you're not part of the problem or if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. You have to get yourself fixed. Uh, what are some of your favorite books and your resources that you go to? We talked about your mentors and everything, but who? What are some of the books that have changed your life and and impacted you the most? Hmm. Okay, book that I would say, if I think more so recent, I mean, there's a book called Who Moved My Cheese. There's oh, a, yeah. the One Minute that One Minute Manager. Uh, I think um, there's another book that um, drawing a blank right now, but it's um, um, it's like a huge book, Out Outlier. There we go. I mean, that Outlier, um, you know, that was a big big one for me in terms of really understanding. Um, you know, then he hit same guy wrote Blink. So you know those are you know those are a few that if I think about that's on the on the short list if I was to say that and then there's sort of autobiographical books you know you know that I've read you know Paul Roberson someone that I've read that just that's really impacted my life but I think where it's not from a business standpoint just like being a man the things that he accomplished the the languages the adversities but yet still still came out on top. Um, you know, I'd say from that standpoint, um, that, that really you know, lasts an impact as well. So I think it's from a business standpoint. And then they're they're smaller. I mean, in, in essence, there are other small pocket-sized books that I've read that have been more spiritual than quote-unquote traditional business per se. But I was able to find sort of business gems. I mean, they're um, possibly even influencing me. Right? It's like, a, it's like I think it's a daily. It's like a daily note, I think is what it was. I can't even think where these like they're little small booklets, but it's more like a spiritual daily daily guide. But I was able to actually find business gems within that. So I think, you know, in a short list, those are sort of like the 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 hit list so to speak. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, there we go. Malcolm Gladwell mm-hmm. is the, the author who, you know, like I say, blink outlier, um, that I've you know Huge, 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 huge influence. Um, you know, in a in a short space, I'd say that that's sort of my, you know, maybe books that's out now over the last couple of years that I would say um, yeah, I do a lot of reading on. Now, one thing you said that I want to sort of touch on when you talked about the TV, I'll limit my TV time. I mean, very if it's not. You know, I may, you know, listen to something early more, but literally, literally, literally limit the amount of TV time for the simple fact that that's another form of influence. Because in essence, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the news or some of these other things, I'd rather take it online and so I'm able to filter through. Because in essence, you can lose that time versus allowing something positive. You can turn the news on and next thing you know, you're two hours into it and you're not <laughs> getting anything. It's just taken from you. So I'd have, you know, friends say, oh, you watch this show? And I'm like, no, I don't watch TV. Or is that sort of like, well, you don't, like, no, I don't. It's like I'll select what I want to watch because in essence it's influencing you whether you believe it or not one way or the other. And if oh, it's yeah. not positively enriching me and helping me to get to where I want to go as part of my overall plan, then there's no space for it. Yep. No, I agree. I stopped watching the news four or five years ago. I stopped watching the following <laughs> politics. I was I was a news junkie. I was a political junkie, and I just walked. I just walked away from it. I let it go. I thought I'm not doing anything with this, but getting pissed off. And I'm. I can't worry if North Korea is going to 
send a nuclear bomb to California. I mean, I want to know right. about it ahead of time so I can get home to my wife and my animals, but I'm not going to sit there and worry about that because it consumes us. I mean, these, these conversations exactly. I see on Facebook, I'm I'm dreading the upcoming election because I'm going to lose <laughs> some people that I respect because they're going to say stupid shit. I'm going to be like, oh, right. okay. I don't know if you saw it or not. I posted a, a, a couple of weeks ago, people were still Obama bashing. I'm like, the guy's almost right, died. You know, right, right, right. the hell alone. And it's no, like, it was classy. Huh? No, no, that, that was classic. When you you made the comment, I think that <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be there. Yep. How many of you been the president? I mean, any president. When you think when <laughs> yeah. you think about the enormity, I think about it in our own lives. I think about the amount of stuff I have to deal with in my own life, and I can't imagine what it's like to even to be the president. Anybody in that top? When you start thinking like you talk about the debt, the deficit, you know, the the jobs bill, that this North Korea. I mean, with so many things, so many troops up and down the budget. I mean, when you start thinking about the amount of brain power in the space to then know what's real for me, I'm like, no, thank you. I am. Uh-huh. I, I I saw a clip. Probably I watched a documentary on Kennedy some years ago when they finally released it, and they talked about the stress, the enormous amount of stress that he was under, where literally he'd have to get these shots in his back because it was so much stress that he was under. Where one, I think after one meeting, he came on the plane, he said he barely walked up, you know, up the stairs, and then he fell, he collapsed. The enormity. I can think, you know, there are things that I may stress out about from here, but being in that position. No, thank you. So I, when I saw that post, that's the reason I'm not sure if you remember, I did make a comment on there because I felt like that was so, I mean, it was such <laughs> a poignant thing. It's like, trust me, uh-huh. like, hey, if you think you do a better job, go sign up for it. But the stress exactly. level is like. <laughs> yeah, it was pissing me off. I'm like, and if you don't like this post, you can unfriend me. Like, come on, people, you know. I've I've actually I really have I've I've had people in my life that I thought I had a lot of respect for and and was really appreciative, and then they come out of left field with their I mean and everybody's entitled to their opinion and everything, but wow some of the the ignorance and and the judging and the bias and the and the and the just nah I was like no I'm gonna say something right now because I'm gonna end up post that kind of harsh stuff but it's like hey if you remember the president shut the fuck up. You know, I'm gonna smack you. Right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> give us give us kick ass tip number four, my friend. Okay, kick ass number four. I said, how many people are you helping to accomplish their dreams? It's impossible to accomplish your goals without helping others along the way. I love that. It was just reinforced this weekend listening to Larry Broughton. Uh, you and I both know Larry Broughton. Larry oh yeah, I love Larry. I love Larry. He's a solid. Yeah, he's guy. amazing. Amazing guy. He, I mean, his core thing is how, who are you serving? Not how are you going to get served, but how are you serving? So what, what are some of the things that you do? I know for me, I mentor at-risk kids. I love doing that. I love volunteering for homeless charities and stuff like that. So what are the things that you do and you reach out that you're passionate about, you know, as far as that goes? Well, I guess it's, it's twofold. I mean, for many years, I was the chairman of a you know of a nonprofit downtown that serviced you know youths and teens of using the art from that standpoint. But I think even within the my business practice, like I tell people, I said I'm more of a partner. This is from a partnership perspective because it's about helping people accomplish their goals, their dreams. Not this is my strategy, this is my methodology. Use it. It's like how. Can I help you? Because in essence, if you're not successful, I'm not successful. And that's just a very, it's a, it's a two-way side of it. There's no, it's impossible for me to be successful without that individual being successful. And that's the reason why even, you know, my seminars just, it's very small and intimate because I really care about people accomplishing their goals and being successful and growing and and building. So I think that's, you know, overall, I mean, I have, you know, friends and families that, you know, I have friends. I mean, so many people like, hey, Mark, I have this thing. How do we get there? How do we do this? And and oftentimes that's just, you know, my way of life is is serving. So serving is always, it's just a natural, it's like drinking water. It's like breathing for me. It's just a natural part of my life. And to talk about Larry, I mean, Larry said it best. I think he talked about the lone wolf mentality is over, that it's impossible mm-hmm. to accomplish your dream without helping others. And that's what it is. It's like you can't be a lone wolf. That thought process is 
It's not possible. And I, no, I think no, it's no. never really possible. I think it may have been spun that way from a from a PR standpoint. But if you look back, I mean, you know, I always say that without Scottie Pippen, there'd be no Michael Jordan. Without mm-hmm. Paul Allen, there'd be no Bill Gates. So it's, you know, you hear the top name, but there's always there's a, a cast and a crew with them. Always. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you, you touched on something. You talked about seminars. You, you have seminars and events? Right. I do two seminars in, the, you know, in California and L.A. twice a year. I do always do one at the beginning of the year. So typically that one will be like the first week in January or the last week in December. And then I do what's called another one at the midpoint of the year. I call it like the, so the next one I'm having is called the Business and Life Strategy Seminar. And this one's going to be the halftime adjustment. And that's going to be on June 6th. Because what happens is that we start the year out and we say, yes, we want to accomplish this. We want to do these things. And there's like the list, you know, mile long. And what happens is you get through and you're fired up in January. Maybe you may get it done in January. February, you're cruising along. But typically, March, April, it's, you know, it's half the time, majority of things are done and gone. So for me, it's like putting that halftime adjustment where the seminars at that point in time where you can then get back on track versus losing the entire year. So even if you get back on track, you can still accomplish some of the things that you wanted clearly with the right, you know, steps planned, you know, in place to accomplish those things. But otherwise, you know, life happens and you don't think about it until the end of the year. So that's the that's sort of my, you know, the seminar that I do. And then so I have that seminar. Um, you know, the next, like I said, is the, the halftime adjustment life and business strategy session. Um, seminar, and then I'll do um, strategy intensive, and my intensives are where I actually go into um, a corporate space or into a, you know, I have like a two to three day one-on-one intensive where we're doing really 10 to 12 hours per day with that client. I'm at, you know, their business, at their home, their business, someplace, um, and it's just a strict intensive format focusing on what they like to accomplish, dissecting their business model, actually helping them to, to accomplish and set measurable goals and steps along the way and identifying what's wrong. But that's in your face, and that's another big thing. And then also do virtual um, virtual strategy seminars, sessions, and those happen on a, on a monthly basis where same thing was just sort of 30 minutes per month with set clients where, you know, they're in different parts of the country. And we sort of, you know, we say, okay, you want to accomplish this by year end? How do we sort of break it up? And we sort of go back and forth and move, you know, move them along the line. So I say that those are sort of like the key, the three areas that I focus on throughout the year based on, you know, the, the, the person, their business model, and what they'd like to accomplish. Mm, awesome, awesome. So you guys out there listening, make sure you connect with Mark because, as you can tell, he's a very intelligent guy and uh, and has a lot of great information to share. So when you get in front of him and you get in, immersed in these things, he can only have a major impact in your life. So I encourage you to do that. Give us kick tip number five, and then let us know where we can get a hold of you and connect with you after the conversation here on the radio. Okay, kick tip number five. Without a game plan, you'll accomplish nothing. So, what if you don't know how to make a game again. plan? Without a game plan, you'll accomplish nothing. So um, that's you know number five. That's that I think is the sort of simplest takeaway. And to get hold of me, um, you can always reach my website is Mark. That's M A R K hyphen E Walker dot com. So Mark M A R K hyphen E Walker dot com. That's that's my website and my email address is mark at mark hyphen ewalker dot com. Pretty mm. simple. Pretty simple. I love it. And for those of you guys driving, listening on your mobile devices, I know a lot of you sit in traffic. This information is available on the website, so just go to the Kickass Radio Show dot com and you can find Mark's information there. And I really, really encourage you. I mean, Mark is is a friend of mine. I look up to him. He's got great information. And you guys know I've been here for a hundred and 
five shows, 106 shows. You guys know that I have quality people on here. So connect with Mark and continue the conversation and, and find out more about him and, and how he can potentially help you in your in your personal and your professional success. Mark, I want to thank you for being on the Kick-Ass Radio Show tonight. You, uh, you inspire me. You gave me a couple of things I wrote down that I need to remember and I need to make sure I'm putting it into play. And uh, potentially I have you back on again as a guest because I still have about another – 14 questions that I wrote down that I didn't get a chance to ask you. Um, so, again, connect with Mark. If you guys out there know of a guest that should be on my show, email us at info at thekickassradioshow.com. Again, info at thekickassradioshow.com. Let us know who you think should be here on the show. And I just want to say thank you again to all my longtime listeners and all my current listeners. You can find me, as always, ChristopherRausch.com, R-A-U-S-C-H, baby. Thank you very much, Mark. Everybody have a great kick-ass thank you. week. Thank you for being on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Thank you. All righty.